everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. And now we're talking, Darian. Hello and welcome. Today is June 16th and today we have Steve Roney and Jordan Castellani of the Darian Firefighters Foundation coming in. And Liz, I got to be honest, until this was suggested to us, I had no idea these guys existed. And I'm embarrassed to say that. I know the town buys, you know, all the big trucks that we see at the Memorial Day Parade and around town, but I had no idea that all the other, you know, kind of amazing equipment that makes this town so safe is, is purchased by this private foundation. Yeah. I know that you're blowing my mind and saying that, like, I still don't understand this. I'm excited to talk to him today because, um, yeah, I didn't know they existed as well. And I too am embarrassed about that, but this is to me, sorry, it's not like a broken record to anyone listening, but this is why Darien is such a great town. There's a need and people are stepping up and filling in the gap. The community is stepping up, working together. And I'm just, yeah, and I'm, by the way, just logistically curious on how we have three fire departments in town and how that all works and how it comes together. So let's ask them. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Jordan and Steve, thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate you giving us some time this morning. Thank you. Oh, we're so glad to have you, really. Um, and let's just dive right in here. I, I'd love to know, and Steve, you and I have talked a little bit. I got to ask a silly question. Why does a town as small as Darien have three fire departments <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah sure so um we do have you know if you, if you go back in time in darien uh originally i believe there was only one department and within the context of any volunteer fire department they're kind of like families and i believe at one time a long time ago there was a feud within one of the departments and part of the department just said you know what we're going to split off and form our own department uh and um, the other reason we have three departments uh, is essentially we cover sort of three distinct regions. So, for example, Neroten Fire Department is largely responsible for, um, you know, water response uh, in the town of Darien. We're a unique community. We're privileged to be on the water. Um, but as you all know, sometimes things go wrong. And so we do need to have a department that's ready and uh, willing and equipped to respond to uh, water accidents and, and uh, things of that nature. So Steve, so you know this, but what does it take to um, start a fire department? Well, if you go back um, in time and I, again, like I, I don't want to carve this into stone because I'm, I'm, you know, not a historian, but a long time ago to be a volunteer fire company, you needed two things. You needed a horse and a barn. Um, and your, cool. your horse was the engine. So I, I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of the old fire response things, but they would take a water pump truck and just hook it on the back of a, of a couple horses. Yeah. Take it out of the barn and go and help people. And that has evolved in time. Your, your barn now is your fire headquarters and your horse is at least one engine. And so, uh, to be a volunteer fire company, I think in, in the state of Connecticut, um, you know, if you, if you, if, if a town decides to go fully paid, and I'm sure there's political um, acrobatics that go hand in hand with that, I still think a volunteer fire company can make a case that they should exist and be helpful as long as they have those two things. Okay. Headquarters and their own fire engine. And what, what's the, the desire to stay independent and volunteer? Yeah, I, and actually, Steve or Jordan, can you guys explain that? So like, and, and state clearly for the record, I think that everyone working in Adirian's fire department is volunteer. Is that correct? Jordan, is that... That's correct. Yes. Because Jordan, you, you have a husband who works in the department, but it's it's, vol- it's, a, it's not a full-time job. Correct. Yes. My husband, Larry, is with the Darien Fire Department. Um, he holds a full-time job, just like all the other members of the, of the three departments. Um, yes, no full-time employees, just all volunteer. It's a 24-7 volunteer job. You're always on call. 
if you're around, you're expected to respond to whatever call comes in. This is crazy. I mean, right, Taylor? I mean, for me, I think it's fascinating. Is this, Steve, is this normal in your experience for towns to have all volunteer departments? Uh, you know, there, it, it varies. Um, in large cities uh, like Stanford, they'll have a paid department, but even Stanford has some volunteer components. Greenwich has a mix of paid and volunteer. But you get into a lot of other towns uh, where the response rates are lower uh, and the populations are lower. And I, I personally submit that the, the volunteer platform is um, the best for, for those situations. And the reason I say that, um, to be very clear, is think about a structure fire. If you're in a paid community, the, the engines that are deploying are coming, you know, are staffed and are, are deploying from a, a paid firehouse. If a page goes out for a structure fire in Darien, all three departments are responding with all of their personnel uh, in, in force. And so I think um, we, we bring a flexibility to, you know, you know, not necessarily as high a call volume as a Stanford or a Greenwich uh, experiences. But um, I would I would say pound for pound, if there's a big event, we punch way above our weight because we have this volunteer platform. And how much coordination is there between the departments? I imagine there's probably little redundancy in equipment. Like, do you have special vehicles or equipment at certain houses that are deployed as necessary? Or how do you work that out? Um, you, we do we do coordinate in terms of the equipment requests that go into the town. And then the foundation, which we can speak to in, in a little bit, also will augment um, requests for equipment from each department. Uh, but we do coordinate very, very closely amongst the three departments in terms of when we'll respond in the day, when we'll, re we'll respond at night, who will respond during the day, who will re respond during the night, who will respond during weekends. So Steve, is it crazy that there are three um, chiefs in town? Like, you know, I watched The Office <laughs> at nighttime, all the reruns, and I know Jim becomes co-manager with Michael Scott, and they laugh about how there's two managers of one branch and the chaos it brings. <laughs> like, do three not, chiefs... Not at all. No. So, okay. <laughs> Just to, be, just to be super granular about this, um, if there's a response during the day in Darien, all three departments are paged out, and whichever officer, the highest ranking officer that's on scene first becomes the officer in charge. That officer will then deploy resources from the departments as he sees fit or she sees fit. Oh, cool. Okay. On the weekends, um, we, we um, respond, and, and the weekends and the evenings, we respond within our own jurisdictions. And so what that means is if there's a there's a a fire or a car accident or something goes wrong in, in the Roten Heights Fire Department district, then the Roten Heights will respond. Their senior officer will be the officer in charge. And that person can call in additional resources from his own department or the other departments as they see fit. So the coordination is 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 really sharpened and carved into stone. Um, and it works, in my opinion, it works very, very well. That's cool. I, you know, I just want to talk about equipment for one more second because, um, you know, obviously we do have a lot of trucks in town. Anybody that went to the Memorial Day Parade saw all the amazing equipment that the town has. And I know from my seat of Board of Finance that we pay for a lot of the trucks, but you guys own some of your own trucks, right? And, and to talk to me about how the foundation fits into all this. Yeah, certainly. So, you know, the reason, one of the reasons why the foundation came to be, um, when, when I was an active fire in Darien Fire Department, uh, you know, I just joined and they were, you know, when when you when you are a member of uh, a department, you have um, several responsibilities. You have a responsibility to respond. You have a responsibility to train. You have a responsibility to show up and maintain equipment. 
and you have a responsibility to attend meetings. And, and the meetings where um, all the the idiosyncratic organization happens within each department. Um, and then the officers will then coordinate amongst the three departments. When I was at one of the meetings, Darianne was um, working to replace uh, one of their engines. And, you know, I'm I'm like every other Darianne resident. I'm like, wait, why are we replacing an engine? Uh, and, you know, this is going to cost a lot of money for the department. Um, I know the department is saved for a long period of time. You know, I had questions as to why um, Darian was purchasing its own equipment. And again, that circles back to that um, that desire to be able to be an independent volunteer fire company. And Darian Fire Department wanted to have their own horse, that engine. So when I was going through the costs of it and how Darien Fire Department raised money to purchase that engine, I thought there might be a better way. Um, I thought if we could set up a foundation that served as an umbrella for all three departments, we could um, access higher net worth donors. We could get a better story out there as to what our departments are about and what we do for the community. Um, we could garner support from from uh, an additional set of donors uh, that that could make some equipment needs happen without having um, to go to the finance board uh, or the town to request additional funds. And I want to be super clear here. Um, I find this town, Darien, to be unbelievably responsive to the community, to the department's needs. I think working with Jamie and the finance board has always been a pleasure from from our seat. The way we kind of envisioned it is, um, you know, the finance board and, and, and Jamie have to balance a budget that has a lot of ask. And we might ask for a, a, a particular piece of apparatus, and the response might be, yeah, that, that sounds great. We'd love to have it, but we simply can't afford it, given the other asks that we have. So uh, essentially, we, we came in as an umbrella to say, well, if it's my house, if it's my kid, if it's, if it's um, my neighbor that has an accident or has an incident that requires uh, some nice-to-have piece of equipment, we want it, and we'll go get it if the town... Um, because of its own uh, restrictions and limitations, it can't make it happen. It doesn't stem from the town's desire not to make it happen, but we're 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 agnostic about it. We just want to get it, and so we we thought if we could get that message out there, it would resonate with the community. It would allow us to get the 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 equipment that might not be forthcoming with regard to negotiations with the finance board or the, or the town, uh, and and the message has been received unbelievably well. Steve, what is that Our, message? Like, how do you, what do you pitch to people to raise this kind of money? And what kind yeah, of, you know, and what kind of money are you guys raising? I don't know if you even want to say that. I'd be curious though what you guys are. Um, it, it varies year over year. And the reason it varies year over year is we host our, our big charity event um, in September every other year. It's called Lobster for Ladders. Uh, we've been doing it for, I don't know how many years now. Um, we were derailed in, in 2020, obviously, uh, because of COVID. Um, but, um, we, we sort of, you should think about the amount of money that we can raise as sort of a sine wave. When we have a lobster for ladders, uh, year, um, we can raise a significant amount of money. Um, and, and, and that, that's, that can be six figures sometimes if the event goes very well. Um, what we do as a foundation is typically at the, um, at the end of every year, regardless of whether it's a lobster for ladders year or whether it's, uh, not a lobster for ladders year, we will we will look at what we have to distribute to the three departments, and then we will solicit grants from the departments for things that they need. And so I I, I want to make sure that this message is clear and honest to everyone. When we when we deploy capital to departments, it may be for a piece of equipment, or it may be because uh, 
a, a particular headquarters needs repair or improvement. So in, think about um, Darien Fire Department specifically. If you drive by Darien, if you're going to Post Corner and you drive by Darien Fire Department, look at the front doors. The foundation bought all of the front, front doors for Darien Fire Department. The foundation resurfaced its bay floor. Um, the foundation uh, replaced the boiler at the Darien Fire Department. Okay, so Steve, a lot of people must be hearing this and thinking like, why why that? Like of all the things that you're getting requests, I mean, Jordan Jordan has this smile on her face. I don't know, Taylor, if you're thinking this, sorry to jump in. But like, how do you even, I know you said every department like, you know, has grants that they put out each year, but like, how do you choose a new boiler or a new front door versus... I think it's a great question. It, what, it, what it kind of stems from or what it, what it lasers down to is what is our capacity in that year to donate? And then the departments will try to maximize the ask to the foundation within that context. So in some years, they might ask for a fly car uh, for a department. A fly car is like a, 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 a Chevy Tahoe, fully equipped with life-saving equipment, all the radio equipment necessary to put two officers immediately on scene and deploy apparatus. Or a, or, or a, a fire department might come to us and say, look, we want to improve the kitchen in our fire department. And, you know, the normal donor might say, like, I don't want to pay for a, a refrigerator at a fire department. I want to buy a fire truck. But the answer is, if we can make the fire headquarters um, really uh, comfortable places for our firefighters to hang out and stay. And, and believe me, I will tell you that the firefighters in each department view their specific fire departments as their family. So it's their second home. If they can stay there on a Saturday and watch a football game with, you know, five to ten other firefighters and a page comes in, it's that much of a faster response. So as long as the morale in each department is high, um, you will maintain a large uh, roster of active firefighters. And one of the things the foundation has recognized is we want to fund things that keep morale high. So going back to my comment on the garage doors or the bay floor, Yes, that might not seem like the most attractive donation to make, but if you go to the finance board and you say, we ha we need new fire doors for our firehouse, you know, we need a new bay floor, they might say, look, we get it. They need repair, but that doesn't need immediate fixing. That's not going to spill through to the immediate safety of our, our community. That's where we can step in and say, you know what, we can help you with that. Because candidly, if the department wants to do it, they're going to figure out a way to do it. And that might mean that firefighters are you know, flipping burgers at a lacrosse game or something like that, um, trying to trying to sell tickets. The foundation's philosophy is if we can if we can offload any fundraising needs that they have, and I I want to capitalize and boldface the word any. Mm -hmm. That's more time that the firefighters can train and respond. So that's the whole philosophy, and, and it has really been embraced by the community, and we're grateful for it. And more importantly, it's been embraced it's been embraced by the fire departments themselves, which. Again, each fire department's independently, fierce, fiercely independent. They want to be on their own. They want to control their own budgets. We totally get it. We as a foundation are not trying – we don't control or give orders to the departments. We respond to their requests. We don't guide their operations. We, we try to help them with fundraising. And importantly, like a lot of people here at Darien Fire Department Foundation, they might think we're funding like some sort of retirement fund or something like that. That's not what we're about. We're about doing anything and everything – to make the lives of responders better, whether it be equipment, training, improvements of firehouse, and anything, that's what we want to do. I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. I mean, you guys, you buy a lot of really expensive and impressive equipment. Like, can you tell us about some of the things that you guys have bought with the money you've raised? 
Yeah, certainly. Um, we have, we have, I, I can't even remember. I think we probably bought three or four fly cars and I apologize for not having this information directly in front of me. Uh, we bought utility vehicles for the fire truck and utility vehicles can be very, most of the time those are pickup trucks uh, for department. And you might say, well, why does a fire department need a pickup truck? Well, every week, Every single week of the of the month, our fire our firefighters rotate through the training facility, which is located behind the the town um, recycling center. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it or not, there are two buildings there. There's a multi structured building. There's a residential house. There's a there's a pit for fight um, for training with oil fires. Oh, that's crazy. I've always wondered what that stuff was behind the dump. Sure, that's where we train. And Wild. you know, you think about it. You put you know thirty firefighters on scene from one department during the evening, and they're doing structure fire drills. You're burning through a ton of tanks, um, air tanks, and so we'll load up the utility trucks with air tanks, uh, and that's a much easier way for us to bring them back to the firehouses and get them quickly refilled and back in service. And so we bought utility vehicles. Um, Neroten Heights has experienced a few brush fires. We bought a brush fire vehicle for them, um, which is basically like an ATV that can go way off road, has its own tank, can foam. Um, and it, you may think about it, like, what, what's the big deal, brush fire? But like, those can get out of control. And, oh, for sure. And cause a great deal of damage. We bought hazmat radio equipment. We bought, then circling back to my other comments, we bought lockers for the fire departments just to be able to like make their, their stuff um, more organized. We bought Jaws of Life which are first cutting tools. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, which would like, again, like it's, it's funny you asked me about how the message is received. Like I can, in any fundraiser, I can speak to what we're trying to achieve. Um, and again, like if I, if I'm speaking uh, to someone and I say like, well, this year we're going to try to recycle some of the first cutting tools, uh, for some of the departments. Yeah. People get pretty amped about it. I will tell you candidly that when I try to explain to them, well, we want to replace the bay floor at Darien Fire Department, that's a longer conversation. But ultimately, we've been successful in getting the message out that, again, keeping the fire departments clean, serviceable, um, each department's proud of the departments. It just helps retain volunteers and keeps the morale super high. Now, you also mentioned to me uh, the other day when we talked, uh, I think, the coolest piece of equipment that you guys have, the sea legs and talking about water rescue. Can you tell us about that? Right. Well, Sea Legs was bought by the Darien Technology Foundation, which is now called the Darien Foundation. Yeah. And at that point in time, we the town of Darien only had one high rescue water vehicle that was um, maintained and stored at Darien Fire Department. It was an old army personnel truck with like a large snorkel on it. And I think it could go in like six or seven feet of water. It was, um, you know, a really good vehicle, but it was incredibly old. Uh, so we recognized that needed to be replaced. Um, and the Darien, you know, Thankfully, the Darien Foundation, i.e. the Darien Technology Foundation, um, funded that request, which we're incredibly grateful for. So, you know, I think you can you can view us as helpful to that um, acquisition, but we, you know, we cannot take credit for it. We have to give full credit to the Darien Technology Foundation for that grant, and we're super grateful for it. And just as an aside, when you talk about how each department deploys, um, you know, its individual apparatus or requests like this, that utility vehicle lives at Neroten Fire Department because again Neroten Fire Department's that's the closest one right well it has we in within the town it has the main responsibility for for uh, servicing um any incidences on the water um and so that that you know you might have somebody that just got caught out at at you know was went out you know too far on you know in low tide tide came in and they get stranded that that vehicle can be, be deployed anywhere 
Uh, and also the, the, the Roten Fire Department spends uh, more time than the other departments on marine rescues. And so we just thought it made more sense to have the people that have the greatest training have access to that apparatus. And that's I think that's evidence of the coordination and cooperation that go on between the three departments. Yeah, and not just between the departments. I think this whole podcast is an, is evidence of the community working together, right? Between the Technology Foundation, the Darien Fire Foundation, the volunteers that volunteer at the departments. I mean, this is this is the essence of what makes Darien great. I love it. Well, I think it's cool. Well, I, I'm glad. You, I'm really super glad you brought that up because if you think about anything in Darien that has been improved or put in place. I do view it like, and maybe this is naive. I view it as a partnership between the citizens of Darien and the town. So the town has done a great job of, of doing things um, that are then augmented by individual citizens. And I'll point, I think the library was partially funded from, you know, the, the town and then also individuals um, donated. If you look at like uh, lacrosse fields or, or things like that. I right. Think yeah, totally. The, the citizens of the town have always come forward and and help augment and that kind of circles back to any town can give us the basic necessities or and i'm not saying and i'm not suggesting darian ever just provides the basic necessities in terms of the safety of its community but there's always like a premium level we can achieve and that's been i think attained by reaching out to um individuals that when they when they hear the story they do lean forward with their generosity and i think that's what to your point, makes Darien such a great community because we have been the beneficiary of such incredible generosity. We cannot express our gratitude enough to the community that's come forward for us. So, Steve, I asked this before about like what that message is, how you guys, what you say out there to get to garner all this money. And maybe it's a good question for Jordan, who's you know the president of the foundation. Um, one of you guys, you know, tell us what is your fundraising message here. I mean, I think it's really compelling when people find out that the departments are made up of volunteers, that the people, um, you know, responding to these incidents are, you know, their neighbors and their friends and the people they see working around town or riding the train with them. And I think um, once they learn that, um, that's kind of the like the biggest hurdle to get people to um, want to help out. Um and then how do you how do you convince people also like you guys need this extra equipment like you know Taylor asked before like how many trucks you guys have and like how do you guys you know Steve your point when a, a department has more equipment than pretty much any departments you know in a fifty mile race hundred mile race how do you guys still go out there and what do you say to the community to keep this message going and, and make sure people understand this is still an important look I caused what I always tell them is I, and I'll be candid. I think Darien is the best community that, that I've ever been privileged to live in. And I want the best equipment and the best, the, the best response that the best community could ever deserve. If it like, again, I tell them if it was my kid, uh, I don't care if the Darien fire department helicopter shows up, I want the best response possible. And that does resonate, but important, very importantly, we, we do have a lot of active firefighters. We have a lot of apparatus. We don't know if we're going to show up at your house and it was a faulty CO alarm or if we're going to deal with, you know, a multi-car accident on I-85 in the middle of a blizzard. Like, we don't know. We, we have to be able to show up to anything that, 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 that comes. And while I want the community to enjoy the best, and I mean the best response and the best trained firefighters, I want those firefighters to go home safely. And I think by giving Absolutely. them the best equipment, um, we increase the chances no one 
no one gets hurt. Well, Jordan was saying this too. Like as she walked in here today, we were talking to her about like her husband's experience and like you said your husband, because there was a big fire, right, Taylor, in town like a week ago. Jordan, you have a your husband was on this, right? He was. I mean, he I was saying before he had sat down to dinner and got the call and, you know, said I'm not going to be home for a while and didn't come home until maybe after three o'clock in the morning. And right, you never know what you're going to show up to, if it's just going to be a burnt food or if it's actually going to be a structure fire. Um, And I want to know that my husband and his fellow firefighters are safe when they arrive on scene, no matter what they're going to come across. And we have high schoolers that volunteer too, right? There are high schoolers. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And I want my, I, I hope Graham will do it someday and I want him to be safe. That's for sure. I mean, it's just, it's so awesome to see everyone, like all hands on deck from the showing up at, you know, from 8.30 to 3.30 in the morning um, to, to people pitching in to buy, you know, something that needs, that we need to be safe. Um, I love that collaboration. And yes, yeah, Steve, go back to, you were talking about the guys at the departments. You said that they're usually people on staff because they really enjoy doing this, right? Yes. And I want to be very clear. It's, it's, it, it's guys and women. We have a lot of women Absolutely. In and they do a tremendous, um, they, they, they do a tremendous job. There is no distinction in, in their ability to perform on scene. Um, they do really enjoy being at the, at the fire departments. I can pretty much guarantee you, you can stop by at any point in time at any department. There's going to be at least three or four people just you know maybe hanging out there maybe you know cleaning some equipment or maintaining some equipment or just watching a game or 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 playing pool or something like that just by making the the ready room which is like a room where a lot of firefighters will hang out uh and watch tv waiting for a call they have comfortable chairs there's a good tv there um you know you have you have a, a great kitchen and let me be clear darian fire department is privileged to have a gentleman by the name of matt lucero who's a member of our department he is an incredible cook and chef chef and if i really wanted to be a billionaire i would like market his chili (laughs) unreal but like literally if you if it's a think about a fall day and there's a good football game and we can have you know 15 or 25 20 firefighters you know on station uh enjoying a bowl of chili and a call comes in i mean that's that's a that's a quicker response than than you could even ask for so we want to keep morale high. We want to keep the active rosters really high. We want to keep, you know, again, it's not all fun. You do, you do, um, responding to a structure fire is what every firefighter wants to respond to. They want to be on that scene and deploy their training, but you also have to go through the, you know, the training and, you know, is it that much fun, uh, you know, on, on a weeknight to go over and just literally clean every bit of equipment and apparatus that we have? which is done, you know, once a month at each department. Um, no, but it needs to be done. And so, you know, it's not, it's not all fun, but the, the, the more appetizing we can make it, the easier it is um, to keep a successful active roster. And you're speaking from experience here. I don't think we've touched on that, but you were a volunteer in the Darien Fire Department, right? Yes, I was. For how long? I think I did it from, um, my kids were super young. I, I stopped it when we started the foundation. So I, I think I was at, I was in the department active for about five years uh, before I looked around the room at a meeting and I saw all these young, you know, really competent, you know, men and women that could do the active firefighting role. And I thought, where can I help the best? And that's when I th- said, you know, what, I want to devote my attention to the foundation. And so um, I shifted my membership to, from active to what's called a house member, which means, you know, I, I still have access to the firehouse, et cetera. 
but um, all you know, I don't add, I can't add any value to you know relative to some you know 20, 25 year old you know man or woman that's out there responding on scene. But I know I can help here um, where they may not be able to. Well, one of the other questions I wanted to ask you, like speaking because Steve, you volunteered and Jordan, your husband volunteers, is maybe this is a naive question, but what is like if you're a full time? I know Steve, you have a full time job beyond this. Like, what is the appeal of volunteering? In your free time, you know, like a lot of people just want to sit down and watch some Netflix in the free time. But you know, Jordan, your husband's, what's the appeal to do this and put your life in danger for people? I'm, I'm, I mean, I think for Larry, he really enjoys giving back to the community, and it's his way to be a part of the community. He loves the fire service. He's been involved in firefighting for over 20 years since he was a college student. I think he really fell in love with it at that time, and to have the opportunity to give back and use that skill set that he's. Um, that he's learned over the years. Um, it's really important to him. Cool. Yeah. I would say that there's absolutely nothing better than, than, uh, actually helping somebody in a, in a situation where we respond. If you think about it, firefighting is, is great for a lot of reasons, but you show up when people are really in trouble and at their worst, we don't write tickets. We don't judge anybody. We're not there to do anything other than help. So that's, incredible and i've had instances where i've been to car accidents and some person is sitting there about to be you know stretchered by post 53 and they're shaking like a rock and you just grab their hand and say you're going to be okay and to watch them stop shaking is the coolest thing you it's the greatest privilege you could ever have in your life that's beautiful yeah tell us can you tell us a story you shared with us about the i-95 wintertime crash <laughs> sure um so I had just gotten home from work. Uh, it was January. Uh, a page came in for uh, a, a tractor trailer accident on 90, on 95. It was really, really cold, super cold. Um, I responded to it. I was not the first uh, engine on scene. All three departments uh, were called out immediately because it was apparently a pretty um, significant uh, structure fire or not structure fire, a tractor trailer fire. Um, I, I did uh, get on scene and um, the firefighters that had first responded uh, had to extricate the driver by, you know, pulling him out of the, the truck. And they, they unfortunately had to rip, you know, his pants off to get him out of the truck. So he was placed in a rescue vehicle. Um, it took us a long time to knock the fire down. And in, in so doing, we froze on 95. We put so much water on 95. It became an ice skating rinks and firefighters were falling all over the place. It was, um, you know, a difficult fire. I was not dressed like appropriately, even though the turnout gear is, um, you know, fairly warm. I, w I still had like a suit on underneath it. So I was freezing. Um, and our chief at the time, his name's Dennis Smith, um, was a phenomenal chief. Uh, after we had everything sort of secured and we had blocked off 95 and we we're waiting for, um, hazmat to come and, you know, evaluate the fire. Um, we, uh, we started rotating firefighters off the line to warm up in the rescue truck. And I was pulled off the line and I found myself sitting across from the driver of this uh, tractor trailer. And I was candidly, I was very mad. I was, I knew I, like Jordan's husband the other night, I knew I was going to be on I-95 all night and I had to work the next day. And I just thought this guy wasn't paying attention or something like that. And it turns out that he was hauling, I think aerosol cans and um, through an accident of his own, uh, you know, not only caused the accident, but caused the fire. Uh, and I was 
super upset and didn't necessarily connect the dots. And my chief walked up to him right in front of me and said, ask for his measurements, his, his clothing measurements. And then he dispatched probationary firefighters to go and get him new clothes. And then he called the Red Cross and he secured a meal and a place to stay that night for this man. And he walked up to him and he said, I know you lived in the truck. I know you lost everything tonight. But he said, tonight you're going to be okay. And that's on the fire department from Darianne. And I was blown away that I didn't connect the dots. I was so disappointed in myself that I was like so impressed with the leadership. Like no fire chief, no firefighter, no fire chief has to do any of that extra stuff. The the response was from from our chief was really incredible. That's yeah. awesome. That makes me teary eyed actually because um it's amazing that someone sorry my teary eyed so I got back up. Oh. It's amazing someone can drive through Darien and like lose their home and then this community you people these um sorry. Yeah. This guy doesn't even live here, and yet Darian offers him a home, a safe home. I, I love that about our community. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's, it's you know, that, it, look, I'll tell you this, that, you know, uh, I'm not disparaging paid departments at all. I think that everyone, everyone that puts on gear tries to help the best they can. But I will tell you that I've seen, like, a higher level of caring from these departments you know, these volunteers. And I think that stems from the fact that when, when they leave their dinner table and they go and respond, they're going, they're, they're going to a neighbor's house. They could be going to a family's a family. Member. I mean, this is their community. So um, Can you- you'd be surprised at the, the steps and the measures we take to make our community feel really, really safe. And what it could be at that point in time, the worst moment in their life. That's, That's awesome. That is so awesome. Um, Hey, wait, I got to ask you a funny thing, actually, both you guys. The horns in town. <laughs> I actually love the horns. They remind me of like the old Nantucket foghorn. I hear them from the distance. But I have a sister that lives close to these horns, and she says she's literally seen some old people walking down the street and literally pretty much have a heart attack when these things go off. Or it'll be in the middle of the night, and she'll wake up to like a foghorn in her ear. Like, are we going to keep the, for- the horns going? Is this a tradition, or are we... Going well, to look, uh, I'll say this again: the foundation doesn't, you know, give the department's guidelines or, or the town in terms of how they operate or anything like that. I will tell you that, you know, oddly enough, Darian has experienced, I think, four or five hundred-year storms in like the last ten years. Um, you know, when you think about Sandy and things like that, we we had an ice storm, I think, when I was active, and um, you know, the power was out for I think like seven or eight days, and that the pagers didn't work. They couldn't page us out via our pagers. So um, we did respond to the horns at that particular time. The, the second thing I would say is that, um, you know, if you think about Darien Fire Department alone, that's a very busy section of Darien. Like, so if we're going to like spring, you know, two engines right away and a rescue right after it, we kind of want people to know. to be a, sure. Be a we're yeah, coming out. Yeah. Um, I, again, like, I don't, I don't want to say that the foundation has any, any, uh, any stake in terms of whether the horns exist or whether they don't, I don't, I don't believe it's simply, um, tradition to have them. I think there is, you know, a desire to let everyone around the firehouses know that something, something's going to happen. And I, I apologize that you were scared and startled by that, but, <laughs> but get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I think they're cool. I love the tradition, but, but my sister is going to kill me that I said this on record and I didn't like put a plug in to stop them. But I, the horns but, are here to stay. <laughs> <the horn. laughs> 
look, I, I again, we don't we don't have any any stake in that. I don't I don't think that a part, I, quite candidly, I'm not. You know, I, I think what we're mainly interested in is is making sure that you know these responders have everything that they need to come out and help. Yeah, the amount of heart that's that's shown here in all these responses to some incredible events is is really just so um, heartwarming. Steve, you mentioned to us when we talked um, that kids were always welcome in the fire departments. And I think a lot of people don't know that. But you said that the guys actually and girls like to see the kids. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, so, look, there's a lot of reasons why people become firefighters. And again, I, I think Jordan hit the nail on the head, like Larry's desire to really give something to the community. I, I love the privilege of being at that right place at the right time when someone's really, really hurting to help them. But if we're going to be super honest, people are firefighters because they like trucks. Uh, <laughs> so if, if that's what, like, we like the equipment, we like the training, we like the trucks. And you can't remove that component, that part, that little kid of any firefighter or first responder. And so they immediately connect with that 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 child that comes into a fire department with their eyes wide open typically there's always some plastic hats and you know sticker badges there but you know you ring the doorbell and you know what are they going to say like you know beat it kid no they're going to grab that kid and say come on in look at the engine climb on up um and it you know it's a, it's it's really a it's a, to me it's one one of the most fun things about being a firefighter um is is watching those little kids and i can tell you like there's you know from a scale of one to ten I've never seen a reaction from a kid less than an eight. Like they just love it. Absolutely. Yeah. We've been to a birthday party or two at the, at the firehouses and that was awesome. And I love it when they come to the elementary schools and visit the kids. It's, I mean, you guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk to you, Jordan, about the event that you've got coming up this fall. Tell us how long has it, I guess it's been two years since you've had one. Yeah. So it's been, um, Actually, I think it's been three years since we had Lobsters for Ladders and two years since we've really been able to do any meaningful fundraising. Um, I think Steve was saying before, we do kind of an every other year large event. And then on the other year, we do a smaller event, which is a wine tasting event. It's a little more casual. It's at one of the departments. And we had one of those in the fall of 2019. um, And we were scheduled to do our Lobsters for Ladders event this past fall in 2020. But obviously, with the pandemic, that was not possible. And we really wanted to wait um, to do it and not try to do a different version of it. We want to do the real version. So yeah. it's it's scheduled now for um, Saturday, September 11th, 2021. It will be at Weed Beach. Um, oh, yeah. Weed Beach is here. It's at Weed Beach. Yes. That's, so that's where we usually have it. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. okay. So it's under a tent right by the water. Um, it's just a really fun event. It's a great time, early September, back from the summer to get together with your friends. And obviously, that time of year um, – is a special time to honor oh, the yeah. fire service and, and first responders. And then it's especially meaningful. It'll be the 20 year anniversary of, of nine 11. Oh, um, that's right. but it really yeah. is a great event. It's, we have a live band, we have great food. Um, we do a, a small auction and then a paddle raise. Um, it's a lot of fun. How and do people find out about it? So we are going to start advertising around town and via social media soon, kind of once the summer starts and then tickets will go on sale Towards the end of the summer, um, I will be hopefully plastering town with posters and trying to get things up on social media and obviously relying on word of mouth. And then um, please spread, spread the word to anyone you know. It's it's really um, a great event. And I it's, heard there's bagpipes and like a moment of silence and all that. Yes. Oh. The, there's a uh, – that we have some of the trucks come in and some of the members of the department. So oh. it's really special and, and, and meaningful um, 
Yeah, I've never yeah. been. I can't wait to go. Yeah. Yeah, same. Totally. Well, I just want to thank you. I mean, Steve, for starting this incredible foundation because you're supporting the heroes of this town. Um, Jordan, your husband's a hero. And thank you, Steve, for your service and everybody else out there that is doing this for our community. I mean, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we are, we are really grateful to the community and grateful for you guys to giving us a voice and to helping us uh, spotlight the event again. Like we, you know, we do go through sine waves. Um, you know, we do recognize that our message is, uh, not necessarily the easiest one. We're like, we're the extra plate that comes by, you know, at church. And yes, it's tough to dig deeper. Um, they know that they're paying, uh, everyone knows they're paying their taxes. Everyone knows they bought their Christmas tree or they went to some other fundraiser. And then we come and ask for more. But at the end of the day, again, we simply want to have the best response, the best trained responders. And we want everyone to walk away from the table safely whether it be the victim or the responder and so we really are so grateful to you guys and and to the community and the town for all their support absolutely and i guess the important question to ask before we sign off here is are there any burgeoning needs like are you guys trying to finance a particular purchase right now um there's there's always uh there's always needs and requests i know that Narodin fire department is working on replacing its marine unit so they actually have uh you know a, a fairly large uh, watercraft with like FLIR imaging technology and, and radar, et cetera, that I think they're, they're working to see to fund on uh, to replace. I believe Neuroton Heights is working on um, possibly a maintenance bay for their engines. So again, that doesn't seem like the most obvious need from a safety perspective, but uh, you know, again, we get these fire engines and, and ladders through you know, 20, 30 years of service. And that's because the departments, the, the members of the departments will literally baby these things. And so, uh, again, there's, there's always a, a punch list of, of things that we're looking for. And, um, you know, if, if anyone wanted to like review all of the stuff that we've done over the years, we're so proud of what we've been able to push towards these departments. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to share that. And what, Jordan, Jordan, maybe what's the website for your foundation? It's DarianneFirefighter.org. Okay. Singular firefighter. Firefighter, yes. Okay. And is there anything else you want to say about the event? I hope everybody will go. I know I'm yes. definitely going to be there. Please <laughs> save the date. Um, it's a great event. And then I think just speaking back to what Steve was saying, you know, when you when you uh, contribute to the foundation, you know, you're helping your community, your neighbor, whether it's the person who has whose house is on fire or it's the firefighter that is responding. I love that. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Jordan. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you both so much for spending the time with us today. Thank you. And for everything you're doing in town. Steve, Jordan, we'll see you at uh, Lobsters for Ladders. Great. Thank you. Thank you. September 11th. All right. Take care.